Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm sending the message today from a beautiful Gulf Island out in the Pacific Ocean, just a beautiful small island and uh, just a, an island in the sun, just, just gorgeous. And today is the anniversary of Harmonic Convergence, Wednesday, August the 17th. 24 years ago, August 17th, 1987, was a year that a lot of people began their awakening process, and uh, we're coming to the conclusion of that next year, the 25-year window of opportunity for us to get it all sorted out, and also coming to the end of the fifth day of the Mayan calendar, according to Carl Kalaman this week, and shifting into the fifth night. So today's got a really powerful energy associated with it. Which brings me to my guest today, Andrea Matthews, who follows me on the Seventh Wave Network of Voice America each Wednesday at one o'clock. So she's got a double header today, beginning with me and then her own show following. So, Andrea, welcome to my show today. Oh, thank you so much, Peter. I'm looking forward to our talk. I'm always interested, Andrea, when I have uh, these uh, shows, how people first began their awakening process, because many of our listeners are either going through it or about to start going through it. So just tell us about how your awakening journey began. Well, you know, uh, I think that the biggest part of it was the meditation. I think that when I really began to meditate back in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, right after the harmonic convergence, as a matter of fact, I... I um, I, I began to really get in touch with the deeper aspects of myself, and I, I would just sit and listen. Um, and it was interesting, as I look back, I mean, I'm not sure that I was fully aware of it at the time, but as I look back on that, I think what really was beginning to happen was that I was getting information from myself, not only about myself, but about uh, the world, about the universe, about, you know, what is spirit, all of that, and my beliefs just began to gradually shift and change, and I had been a change process of, of changing my beliefs since 
probably back in the um, early 80s when I'd begun to do some research. Prior to that, I was basically a fundamentalist Christian. And uh, so I, I, you know, I began to shift and change through that and, and uh, ask questions that were not really permitted in my, in my church to ask. And then, uh, as, and so that was an evolutionary process in itself. But then, um, you know, I got involved in astrology uh, back in the mid-80s, and then I got involved in Jungian psychology, and then I really began to practice meditation. And the meditation was the thing that I'm the most aware of, that it really, uh, I was able to tap into those deeper aspects of myself and just get information that was helpful to me to calm down, to settle, to, to de-stress, to just trust the universe that I was going to be okay, and and it's been it's been a continuing ongoing process since then, and probably will be. And you had a, a major unlearning to do after your upbringing, no, no doubt, as a well, fundamentalist Christian, to where you are now. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it wasn't really even my upbringing to to have that. I went through an experience when I was in, a teenager where I oh. got real involved in that kind of stuff, and uh, and uh, so that's where that started. But I wasn't really raised that way, okay. so it's interesting. Now, your show is, is called Authentic Living, and one of the questions that people are always asking me is when, they, when they're getting information uh, from other sources, whether it be themselves in a higher state or other beings that are supporting them, uh, how do you discern the truth? How do you know what is really coming from a higher source as opposed to any, any other source that might be deceiving us? What's your answer to that one? Yeah, I think each person has to have their own trial and error with that. I think they really have to sort of experiment and test test reality with their uh, intuition and test intuition with reality and all of that. But but for me, it's turned out that uh, the th- when I get an answer that feels very peaceful to me, then I trust it. If if I'm still in turmoil with the answer, then I don't trust it. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way of putting it. And it's, it's very much to do with the heart, isn't it, and how you feel inside. Mm-hmm. Now, your show, just tell us a little bit about that. It follows me on, on a one, 1 o'clock on a Wednesday every, every week. And what is the, the main thrust, the main idea behind the, your radio show? Yeah, that's been a real trip. I've really enjoyed doing that show. And, and, uh, it is a trip, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. And and uh, really gotten to talk to some really cool people um, about it. And what they're all helping me to do is to talk about what it means to be authentic and you know we hear that term more i think that uh, oprah winfrey sort of um popularized that term and more and more people are using it and it's interesting for me to sort of listen and hear what people think think it means and it's of course different just like any other word it's different for different people but for me it means being the I am that I am. It, it is being the, uh, who, who my soul actually is. And uh, I just talked last week with somebody who defines soul and spirit very differently. And, you know, so you get different ideas about what that means, but it's all a different language for the same thing in the way I'm looking at it. And the what it basically means is that my soul is my I am. It is the part of me that is divine. And I hate to even say the word part because it's it's united with every other part of me as well. But it is it is the truest part of me. I can put on a mask and costume and not be true to myself and not even know that I'm not being true to myself. And I can also go deeper and find this genuineness within me and live from that. And uh, so that's the, that's what I talk about a lot on the show, how to do that, how to get to that, how to be sure you got there when you got there, all of that. Fantastic. 
Now, of all the experiences you've had and, and uh, all the, the great uh, guests you've had on the show, you are in the process of just completing a book right now. And uh, from all those experiences, the current book that you're writing about is, uh, is about the law of attraction and uh, why it actually isn't working for people. Why, why did you choose to do that? Well, I tell you, it, that was a process, true, it's, uh, too. It's interesting. I was working on some ideas for some other books, and I just wasn't feeling it for those other books. So I decided to just drop those, and then I asked myself, what is the thing that bothers me or is I'm the most passionate about right now? And it be, I, I became aware of the fact that the thing that bothers me the most, and that's one of the things I talk about on the Authentic Living Show is that, you know, even the things that bother, to, bother us can be definite messages in the Authentic Self. So I... I, um, I'm, the, the thing that bothers me is that I have had so many people, whether they were readers or listeners or clients, who came to me and said, you know, I don't get it. I just don't understand. I'm working so hard. I'm, I'm doing my affirmations every day. I'm, I'm, I'm building my vision boards. You know, I've got a vision board in my car and one in my home and one in my office, and I'm just working, working, working this thing. And everybody tells me I have to think positive and positive things will come, and I just need to imagine that I've already got that thing and it will come. And, you know, I'm doing all that, but it's not coming. And, and what happens with these people so very often is they begin to criticize themselves and say, what's wrong with me? How come, what am I doing wrong? And as I began to really work with that over the years, what happened was I began to understand that the soul was just never really meant to work that way. And, uh, so that's, that's why I wrote the book because I've seen so many people who were already troubled get more troubled by trying to work with the law of attraction as we currently understand it. Now I want to be clear that I'm not debunking the law of attraction, but I am saying that, uh, what we understand to be true about the law of attraction might not really be true. It's really interesting because I've, I've been at a few workshops where people are, as you say, following the, the way that the law of attraction is suggested that we should do and getting really frustrated and upset. And mm-hmm. in some ways, it's taken them even further away from their path, isn't it, in terms of where they should be going because all the frustration and almost anger. Well, I don't know. There is some anger there, too, that it's not working the way it's supposed to for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then they blame themselves for being angry and feel they have to clear that anger because the anger is a block to getting what they want. And then they go to see a healer who tells them, stop being angry and then you'll get what you want. And, and you know, so they work harder on repressing that anger, which is actually what they're doing when they're trying to make it go away. And of course, then it comes out later in some other form. And then they're like, well, how did this happen? And they just get themselves more and more in a bind because they're trying really hard to always think positive, which Positivity and negativity are, are, are subjects that are so wrapped up in that whole concept of the law of attraction, and they really don't have any validity. The idea that we can think positive and think negative is not true. We don't think positive or negative. I mean, we're the ones that judged our minds that way. We're the ones that said that's positive and that's negative. Um, there's no divine message that says po- what is positive and what's not positive. That's us. And we've, we, we're evaluating ourselves pretty constantly based upon those two terms. And it's not much different from the old uh, ancient, um, you know, uh, fundamentalist kind of Christian archetypes that were from years ago where a person was supposed to beat himself until he cleansed himself of all that was sinful and change that word sinful to negative and you got the same exact thing going on. Yeah. So so this, this notion of thinking in this very uh, positive way, 
in, in your perspective then actually isn't that necessarily helpful. No, it's not helpful. As a matter of fact, it causes us to repress and to stop knowing who we are. It makes us get very, much less clear about the messages that we're actually getting from uh, from our authenticity and and uh, not being able to make clear judgments about what's what's true and what's false. So yeah, I think it gets in the way, and it it, it, it assumes. And this is, this is the premise of the law of attraction. It assumes that if you have negative thoughts in a fairly consistent manner, then you're going to attract negative things. And, uh, you know, I, I've worked with thousands of people over the years who had very consistent negative thoughts. But negative things weren't happening to them. <laughs> they were worriers, constant, consistent worriers. But none of the things they worried about were happening. And that was why we were working with them is because they could clearly see that, I'm worrying about stuff that's not really happening, but I'm worrying about it anyway. So, yeah. So, you so, know. Well, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, we're just coming up to our first uh, break, Andrea. So, uh, what we need to do when we come back after this break, obviously, is to talk a little bit about what we actually should be doing instead of uh, focusing on this uh, this uh, sort of thought positive vibration that that has been suggested that we that we should. Absolutely. Okay, let's do that. Okay, well, we'll come up to our first break. It's uh, Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just remind you to check out my own website, www.petertung.com, where you'll see all sorts of activities and events that are taking place there, as well as lots of articles and, of course, the radio shows. And also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and specifically looking at the Ambassadors of Light program. And uh, this Thursday at 5.30, we have a pretty, uh, tomorrow, pretty exciting uh, class where I'll be talking about my recent adventures uh, down at the Assetti Ranch with James Gilliland and uh, the workshop that George Cavasilis put on there, as, as well as talking more in, in more detail about harmonic convergence and the end of the fifth day of the Mayan calendar. So that's on Thursday at 5.30. So check out www.myheartcenterjourney.com and the Ambassadors of Light program if you'd like to get involved in that. 
Having me today, Andrea Matthews, who hosts a wonderful show immediately after mine on the Seventh Wave Network of Voice America, Authentic Living. And Andrea today is talking about her book, which is due out at the end of September, uh, which is talking about the law of attraction and why it isn't working and how it can. And we've just talked a little bit about the um, expectation that people have around positive thinking and the thought process, processes and the fact that the law of attraction isn't necessarily working for them. So, Andrea, just tell us a little bit about how people need to shift their their way of being in terms of, of, of making this work for them. Yeah, I think the, the biggest shift is from external to internal. I, I think that one of the things that I I believe, and, and, you know, we probably need some research to authenticate what I'm about to say here, but one of the things that I believe is that one of the reasons that our that our that the law of attraction took off so fast and furiously was because people began to see it as an opportunity to finally be able to bring home the idea that I'm in charge of my life, not the fates, not some random force, not the gods. I'm in charge of my life, and that's a really healthy aspect, I think, of the authentic uh, I mean, of the uh, law of attraction that we need to keep. Because we absolutely are in charge of our lives. But the problem is that we're, what we're doing is we're trying to reach outside of ourselves to attract. The very notion of attracting is that something's out there and I need to bring it in here. And that's just the opposite of the way true soul desire works. Uh, it's true soul desire uh, doesn't have to go outside of us. It, in fact, already has what it's looking for and uh, may want to manifest that, but it has. we have to go inside first to find out, A, what we really want, and, uh, and that's, a, that's a boogie bear, too. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But, uh, but B, to be able to know that what we really want is already resourced within us and that we're, all we have to do is receive it. And, uh, but the idea of go, of, of, of putting energy out there, those are the terms that are frequently used when we talk about the, the law of attraction. I'm, well, don't put that energy out there because you might attract something negative or put that energy out there because it'll attract that thing you want. And, and it's not out there. It, nothing is out there. There is nothing out there at all for us. It's all inside of us. And, uh, so that's the first thing we need to do is shift from that external viewpoint to an internal viewpoint. And that is difficult for us to do because we have been trained to think in terms of the external. So uh, the idea is that the, the true law of attraction, as I see it, is not um, let me do some affirmations and think positive and do my vision boards and then I will attract from the external world what I want that's, that fulfills me. The true law of attraction is to recognize that I'm already fulfilled and then I can bring that fulfillment out of me into the world. So you're actually turning you're actually turning it inside out, as it were. Yeah, instead of outside in. Yeah. So that's okay. one of the biggest things. And then that thing about what we want is um, is is hard because you know we can want things for all kinds of reasons. I mean, if if I say, for example, if I want to be the next CEO of this big corporation because I came from poverty and I'm very ashamed of that and I want to erase that from my psyche. Then I have to ask myself, well, what is that because about? I don't think true desire has any becauses attached to it. Um, it, it just is. Um, so if I'm saying I, I need to erase part of my past and, and, and bring myself into this new place where I'm finally able to say I have no shame, 
then I would question that desire and ask if it's truly an authentic desire. Does it really come from my soul or is it coming from a place where I'm sort of confused about who I really am? And I, and I hesitate to use the word ego there because that word is thrown a lot, around a lot in terms of the law of attraction as well. And we've actually begun to split ourselves off now. Um, in the same way that some of the Western religion splits us off into good and evil, we split ourselves off into ego and higher self. And that's not working for us either. It just adds more to the split between the conscious and the unconscious. And what we want to do is put those things together. So, so when we're talking about desire, well, again, what we need to know is true desire already has everything it wants. And then once it, once it can settle into that, then it can take that out into the world. Whereas if I'm longing for something out there, whether it's a title or it's money or it's a boat or a house or whatever, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, whatever, I'm still looking out there and it's not out there. So what, what, you're, what I think you're saying is, is that what we actually need to do is to tune into our own soul who already knows what that true desire is for us in our lives and that's the key place we need to go yes in fact i believe that the the true law of attraction works like this uh it we are attracted to and by everything and every person and every circumstance and event etc etc in our lives that will bring us closer and closer to fully understanding who we are in our truest nature in our i am nature so, for example, uh, and that changes our perspective on things because, for example, we think of karma in terms of, well, I've done something bad in this life and I'm going to get it in the next one. Or if it's instant karma, well, you did something bad now and you're going to get it now. Or if it's good karma, then you're going to get it now or you're going to get it later. But some kind of reward, some kind of, there is some reciprocity going on there. Um, whereas this, uh, from the point, the viewpoint of the true law of attraction, Karma really is that, uh, that energy that says it's, it's the intention of the soul to really help us know the soul. So the, so the soul says we're going to run into all the things and events and circumstances and places and people that are going to help us to know more and more about who we really are. And over the lifetime, incarnation after incarnation, what we get to know is more and more of who we really are until we ultimately become divine self so karma isn't all about negative and positive either uh and according to this true law of attraction and uh, it's about uh evolving into who we are now in the book you, you talk about uh, acceptance and bargaining mm-hmm. tell us uh, about these two things and, and what they have to do with these the situation we're discussing yeah that's a great question thank you uh the Acceptance is, is the final stage of grief, and it's the final stage of acceptance. So they both have the same stages. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross came up back in the late uh, 1970s with uh, five stages of grief, and they were denial, anger, uh, depression, bargaining, and acceptance. The stages of acceptance, is, and the way I put it, is that uh, they are the same, except we change depression to sorrow. So you got denial, anger, sorrow, bargaining, and acceptance. Well, they all run pretty randomly. There's no order to those. But ultimately what we're trying to get to is acceptance. But it's very difficult for us to get there when we're trying to accept a reality that we don't want to accept. And very very often the realities of our early childhoods or some point in our life we have an, an event or a circumstance or a person or whatever that is difficult for us to accept. And 
in terms of why we came up with the law of attraction in the first place, it's one of the ways of many that we have uh, developed to help us understand why we suffer on planet Earth. And the answer from the law of attraction as we currently understand it is we suffer because we think negative thoughts. Um, and uh, what I would say is we suffer as a part of our journey toward the authentic self. So uh, when it comes to bargaining, we can get stuck there. Uh, so bargaining says, if I, then you'll, or, or if I, then this. If I do this, then this will happen. If I do that, then that will happen. If I do this, then you'll do that. It's always a trade. If I give you this $2.79, then you'll give me that loaf of bread. Uh, and bargains keep us stuck because we keep repeating the same bargain again and again, hoping that things will be different. And there's all kinds of bargains, and they're listed in detail in the book. Um, they have they can do have to do with money. They can have to do with parenting. They can have to do with relationship. They can have to do with um, um, the inter, inter, intra dynamics with ourselves. If I think that I'm a good person and really try to be a good person, then I must be a good person. And sometimes even that, even though we think that, well, that's a good thing to think, right? But really, sometimes thinking that can keep us from our own inner truth. If I'm thinking that I'm a good person so much that I can't allow myself to feel my anger, and my anger has in it a message that could push me forward into the next stage of my development, then I'm missing that message by trying to be good. So I can bargain with those things to the point that I miss out on some of the deepest messages and on profound messages that are coming to me from my highest I am. And uh, in that process, I don't get to acceptance. And acceptance is reception. Acceptance is receiving what is mine. And uh, so I can't very well receive something that is mine if I don't even know it's there or if I'm arguing or bargaining with something else. Uh, so we, what we want to do is get to that place where we can accept that, um, yes, yes, we do sometimes suffer here on planet Earth. And, and if we say, well, I just can't, won't ever let myself go there, well, first, we're being pretty unrealistic. And second, we're, we're not taking from that suffering the very gift it has to offer. And so what I believe is that the true self in us is trying to turn everything into a gift, there's nothing that can happen in my life that isn't also a gift. And if that's true, then if I'm trying to tell myself not to even experience it because I'm supposed to think positive, then I'm missing the gift. It's interesting using these words, acceptance and bargaining, because one of the things I've been realizing recently, people talk about unconditional love, but actually it's, it's a higher level of conditional love, which is still part of the bargaining process, mm-hmm. because you know, it's very, very hard to get to a place of real unconditional love, which of course is total acceptance. Absolutely, and, and the interesting part about that is that we're trying to get to a place of un- unconditional love instead of the receiving the unconditional love that is in us for us. You know, if I think of my, my soul as completely united with divine, however you perceive that, then, then uh, my f- the first thing is to receive that unconditional love from the divine rather than always thinking that I should be giving it. How am I going to give it if I don't even know how to think about it because I've never received yeah. it? I've realized that a number of people that, that, that I work with who, who are really quite ill um, are, are beautiful people. Uh, who have done incredible work in the world but have great difficulty receiving that level of love uh, into their own being. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's partly because we think that we, sh- we shouldn't, we, sh- we should not be receiving, we should only be giving. 
Yeah, which is part of our upbringing as well, isn't it? Our, our conditioning mm-hmm. that's taken place. Mm-hmm. So, Andre, it's, it's great that you've really uh, had this incredible awareness because this is really, really important stuff, and I and I really appreciate the the depth that you've gone to to get an understanding of this. And we're coming up to our second break, but we'll return with Andrea Matthews shortly, getting down to the real nitty gritty of how we can live our lives authentically and get beyond the law of attraction and really be fulfilled in our lives. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. And I have with me today, Andrea Matthews, who follows me on her own show on Seventh Wave Network of uh, Voice America, Authentic Living. Andrea, just uh, to give us uh, the information around your own websites and how people will be able to access the book when it comes out. Absolutely. Yeah, my website is www.andrea.com. MatthewsLPC.com. That's A N D R E A M A T H E W S. L as in Larry, P as in Peter, C as in Cat.com. Yeah, and uh, on that site you'll you can find the radio show. You can find information about the uh, the two books that I've published, and then uh, more detailed information about this book coming out on a separate page that tells you who endorsed it and not gives some excerpts from the book and you can click there right now on that page and go to uh, amazon.com and pre-order the book which uh, again won't be out till the according to amazon it's september the 16th Uh, according to my publishing company it's september the 30th so um but one of those you should be able to pre-order it and and get the book as soon as it comes out so yeah and uh yeah those are my two sites and you can get in touch with me on either one of those sites and get more information from me directly Great, thank you. And clearly from our discussion today, it's going to be a really important book for people to read because you're going to the next level of understanding of this uh, information, which is really, really important for all of us to know. So one of the uh, elements of of the law of attraction uh, is that those people who espouse it talk about the sacred texts and and how the texts agree with our current understanding of the law of attraction. What what would you have to say about that? Yeah, I don't agree. Um, I I (laughs) 
<laughs> just to put it bluntly, I don't agree. I, I, uh, when you research those texts, you don't find it there. Uh, for example, one of the things that a lot of people say that uh, they sort of take this uh, statement that Buddha made out of context, and they say, and he said, what we are, what we think, all that we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world. Now, that taken out of context seems to indicate that, yes, the law of attraction is indeed true as we understand it today. And, uh, and we haven't misunderstood it. And, we, you know, we should absolutely be thinking positive and then we will create our world out of that. But when you put it in context with the rest of the things that he says, it doesn't fit at all. Um, actually, what he's talking about there with our thoughts is our perceptions. We do uh, we create our worlds with our perceptions. What we see in our world is what we perceive. And... Um, and, uh, you know, there's many more texts about, uh, from the, from the Buddha and from the, uh, the Sarangama Sutra that say things like that we know who we are, that who we are is what is important and, and our thoughts spring from there. And, uh, our thoughts can also spring from a place that is not self. Buddha talks a lot about self and not self. Um, and um, even that phrase self he had a little trouble with too because that made it a little too solid and he began to say there is no self when you get to no self then you are truly divine so there's a lot of words in there that can be mistranslated and misunderstood but basically the buddha uh, as we uh, as we understand it from the dhammapada spoke about avoiding attachment to what is pleasant and unpleasant so um, if we're trying to attach ourselves to some external outcome and while we say we give the we give um, double speak to the idea that we're not really supposed to be attra- attached to the outcomes yet we are if we're we're putting that much energy into you know thinking positive and doing a vision board and staying positive and imagine ourselves in that place with that money with that dream with that whatever we're we're attached to the outcomes and there's just no way to say oh i'm not attached so therefore i'm not we are so so there's that and a lot of the uh, the bhagavad gita talks more than anything else about divine self about that internal place within us and that our our circumstances lead us back to that and back to that and back to that and back to that. Say nothing about how our thoughts are going to get us the things we want. And uh, and and even the Christian text, if you look at the root language used by Jesus, um, he's not talking about uh, attracting from the external world what we want. He says, seek first the kingdom of heaven. Um, and that that the kingdom of heaven is the divine self. It is our internal nature. It is who we really are. So we're not getting led by our sacred texts to follow uh, the tenets of the law of attraction as we understand it today. In fact, what we're getting led to by our, our sacred text is to the divine self. Um, Jesus talks a lot about, he says, one of the phrases he uses is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in the Western traditional viewpoint, that means that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life, and that nobody can come to get to heaven uh, after they die. That's the little caveat there it has to happen after you die um nobody can get to heaven until and unless they go through jesus and the way they've devised for us to go through jesus is to accept jesus into our heart as our personal lord and savior and and that you know that's fine i totally respect that belief if that's what they if they needed to believe i certainly needed to believe it for a while in my life and it helped me through some difficult times so um but Actually, what is being said there is I am is the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, the I am that I am 
is the way, the truth, and the life. And that is within us. So the way, the truth, and the life are already within us. And uh, so that's the information we're getting from sacred text. It's, 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 it, and we take things out of context. And because we don't really want to put the time into studying them, which, you know, yeah, a lot of people don't. I, I happen to be avidly interested in those things. But, um, and that's fine that other people are not. But the, the point is that if you don't, if you don't know what the text says and somebody tells you, well, this is what it says and this is what it means, then we tend to accept that without doing any further research. So the, the I am that I am is an expression that has been bandied around a lot by a lot of different people. Can you give us the best simple explanation that you can of what you mean when you say the I am that I am? Yeah, that's a great question, um, and I don't have the answer. Um, that's okay. <laughs> the, I am, <laughs> the I am that I am is a mystery. It is a mystery, and I, I, I could no more put that into words than, than um, you know, fly over the moon today. I... I I don't know that I have words for it, but I do know I do have a feeling of knowing when I access it, um, and and when I access it, it it is uh, the sort of hum of the universe. It's the final place of yes, this is the final truth. Um, it's peace. It it is recognition that really everything that's happening is happening along the lines that. Uh, will get us closer and closer to who we really are. Those are those are the, some of the pieces of information I've received from that. Um, but to say that I could give you a definitive answer as to what that is, uh, no, I can't do that. And, and that's because we're back into the thoughts again, aren't we, rather than into the heart yeah. and the knowing and the experiencing that rather than trying to explain what it is. Absolutely, absolutely. So the other, the other the other really important area that I wanted to raise with you um, around the the law of attraction was when when it's not working for people, what's usually said is is that it's been blocked in some way by the shadow side. Um, what, what do you ha- what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I you know I this idea of the shadow came about. Um, Carl Jung was the word and one that came up with the term, and basically what he meant was anything that's in the unconscious is is called the shadow, um, and. And I, I agree that we do have shadow material, no doubt about it. And the more we try to think positive, uh, the more we're repressing stuff that we're putting into the shadow. <laughs> so there's going to have to come out later. But I, this idea that there are blocks within me that are, that are um, keeping me from having my dream come true is first based, again, on the external that my dream is out there and my internal is what's keeping me from having it. And that is exactly the same um, archetype that we use in the duality, what I call the duality trance state, which is a state of viewing the world from the perspective of separation from the divine. Um, and, and so from that perspective, my internal is the problem. I was born into original sin, or I'm just a bad person, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not measuring up, or I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And that's the problem. And if I could just fix the problem inside me, then I, I could have what I need outside of me that's going to make me happy. Um, so the idea that there are blocks in my shadow that are keeping me from having what I want is unfounded when we get down to thinking about the true law of attraction, which is that I'm on a journey that it consistently and constantly is leading me more and more into the depth of who I am. Um, so do we have a shadow? Absolutely. Why do we have a shadow? Because we split off many, many, many centuries ago uh, as a result of the metaphorical story about the Garden of Eden in which we ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which really, really was us incorporating a, into the body-mind 
uh, a trance state in which we began to see ourselves as um, less than divine and not divine. And um, as a result of that trance state, we've built our whole world based on this idea of good and bad. And and uh, these things are good and these things are bad and this is positive and this is negative. And so the more we think that something is negative or unacceptable to us, the more likely we are to push it back into the unconscious. And after centuries of doing that, we've built up quite an archetypal, archetypal arsenal of information that it rests only in the unconscious. But what I say is that what is also in the unconscious, also in our shadow, is the I am. And the reason it's there is because we don't live out of it. We push it away. We don't want to be conscious of that because somebody might think we're crazy. <laughs> Some of are just going around having a Messiah complex. But um, So we have pushed that out into the unconscious. And when we start walking into the shadow, we need to be prepared to meet that. Instead of saying, well, I'm going to go in that shadow and rip out all those things that are in there that are keeping me from having all those things outside of me that are going to get me what I want. So in terms of accessing the unconscious and, 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 and coming to terms with what pops up in terms of our shadow, but also, as you say, in terms of uh, our true self, how, how do we uh, help people, support people to access that unconscious, which people are pretty scared of, actually, aren't they? Absolutely we are. Absolutely we are. And, and uh, yeah, what I, what I try to do with people is have them receive whatever comes up because – what we tend to do is go, oh, that's bad. Oh, I don't want to think that way. Let me push that away, especially when it comes to the law of attraction, because if I think that negative thought or have that negative feeling, well, then I'm not attracting what I want. I'm supposed to also always think positive and feel positive. So, um, And um, with a lot of the talk now, I mean, back when the law of attraction first came out, it was just think positive and you'll get what you want. But when people started experiencing the fact that they couldn't always do that, then people started talking about the shadow and how that could have blocks in it. And then they started talking about emotions and how emotions could block us from getting our, our, uh, what we want from the external world as well. But what I do is I tell people that everything within us has some potent gift to give us. So if, for example, I've repressed a lot of anger uh, and my anger starts coming up, suppose I'm meditating one day and I just start getting this fury rising into my conscious experience and... And what do I do with that? Well, you know, some people say, well, yeah, you need to get rid of that because that's going to get in the way. What I say is ask it a question. What did you what did you come here for and what are you trying to give me? And when we ask that question and sit with it and sit with it and sit with it until we get an answer, the answer we get is glorious. It is glorious. It's profound. I, mean, with, I think about the fact that I wrote that entire book out of frustration. <laughs> That's a form of anger. So, you know, it, 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 so it, was that a good thing? I think so. But, you know, good, bad, I don't know what that is. But the point is that everything has a gift to give us. Andrea, we're coming up to our final break, and it's a, a good time to break, and we'll return with Andrea Matthews. She's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. 
embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. And I actually just want to make a comment on, on what Andrew's just said, because I've just come back, as you know, from Eseti with James Gitterland and George Kabasilis. And I think what people expect to be the case at that ranch is quite different than, than it actually is, because you've got the UFO phenomenon, you've got the ET phenomenon, you've got the land itself, you've got this glorious mountain, Mount Adams, and everybody's going there for this experience. But the real experience I found uh, from my own perspective, and James actually talked about this, is the activation of your unconscious. So when you're there, your stuff comes up, and it's really a, a glorious opportunity, as, as uh, Andrea just said before the break. It's a glorious opportunity to actually know what is residing there, waiting to bubble up, and it's, and it's bubbling up in all directions, good, bad, and ugly, whatever it is. And the gift is that you can actually see you can see through what it is that you need to to be aware of and clear and make that deeper, deeper connection with yourself. So, Andrea, one of the things we, we need to talk about um, bef- before the end of the show is the difference between uh, a person's identity and the I am. Yeah, uh, of course, the I am, as we said, is very individually um understood and received so uh, and we've already said it's the it's kind of mysterious so it's hard to define other than in, in any intellectual or even verbal terms but uh, the identity can be pretty easily described and and we can see that in our sort of knee-jerk reactions to something um, it is basically a mask and costume that we've put on very early in life because we thought we had to uh, to get along with family members to be a part of that family sometimes even to survive uh, and we and we wore these for so long that we we began to ident- identify with them and would say this is who I am so very often I'll have somebody come into my office and I'll say well you know tell me about a little bit about what what brought you to therapy today and they'll say well this is who I am I'm just a caring person and I'm you know I'm somebody that will just give you the shirt off my back and you know if, if somebody needs something that I'm always there for it uh, and and so, you know, I'm a, I'm a good person. I'm a caring person. But when I ask them about, you know, what goes on inside them when they do these things for other people, what I often uncover is that there is a great deal of resentment there for having done these things that they really didn't want to do or didn't have time to do. And just really they wanted to be doing something different. But they were doing it because they thought they should and it was their obligation. Well, see, there's two different things in there. One is the the identity that's saying, the, uh, the mask and costume that's saying, yeah, I have to keep doing this. And the other is the resentment that boils up from the unconscious and says, wait a minute, are you sure you really want to keep doing this? 
And that's how we begin that process is to begin to hear those two different voices and try to see which one we really want to go with. And that's what you mean by the authentic self. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're coming up to the last few minutes of the show, and, and we really uh, put some challenges out there to, to our listeners today. So I think it's important perhaps for you to, to have the opportunity at the end of the show to talk about the way in which we need to revise our view of the law of attraction, what the true law of attraction is, and how it works, and, and then what is it we actually need to do. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be happy to do that. Um, the true law of attraction first is the law that says every, we are attracted to and by all of those circumstances, events, places, persons, and things who will bring us into closer and closer alliance with who we really are, the I am. And so when we have an experience that, say, for example, we meet the love of our lives and we say, well, this is, is the answer to my, uh, you know, I've been putting this out there for six years now and it's finally come true. Well, I must have made that happen because of the law of attraction. I put it out there and it brought came to me. But actually, the reason it's happening according to the true law of attraction is because that's what your soul needs, soul, soul brought to you so that you're, you're the part of you that's confused about who you are can come into alignment with your soul. So, uh, so the way we can use that is to, f- to keep our focus internal. Um, know that all of our desires are already fulfilled and that, uh, if that is true, then what we need to do is go in there and be with those desires and, and sit with them and hear them and, and, and relish in them and roll around in them and then, you know, as we do that, if we become more uh, comfortable in the inner terrain, what happens is we begin to start walking that walk externally as well, and that's how we manifest. We don't manifest by trying to attract from the external to the internal. We manifest by taking what is inside of us and bringing it out of us. And I just want you to go over again the way in which uh, people can really begin to make that internal connection you say that turning inside out rather than outside in and going into that quiet place and accessing that place and and recognizing uh, what is being activated from our unconscious the best way that you've discovered in the work that you do to get to that place just talk a bit about that yeah there's multiple ways um, and one of those is to sort of have that dialogue between the two opposing voices within us you know that one that says i want you know, I, I, my, I, I've got to attract what I want, and the uh, and oh no, let me say it this way: the identity that says um, I, I'm going to be good, and I'm always going to be serving other people, and that's what I have to do to be a good person, and that's what I keep doing is a compulsive knee-jerk reaction to every circumstance in my life, and yet this resentment over here is saying, you know, no, I, I, are you sure you really want to keep doing that? And just to begin to let those two voices within us dialogue. And I encourage people to even get out a pencil and piece of paper and hear from each one of those voices and hear what they have to say and find out then which one of those voices gives you the greater peace. So you're not only accessing it on an intellectual level that brings it into conscious experience, but you're also accessing the feeling component related to that and what that means. What, it, what are you telling yourself about that? So that's one way. Another way is through meditation. And I really encourage daily meditation for everyone because I think it does get us in touch with those deeper aspects of ourselves where we can begin to just listen to the information we're getting and I found that I meditate in the morning most often and and I might not get anything right then I enjoy the time of meditation but then later in the day some 
some profound insight will come to me and I'll go, oh my gosh, there it is. That, yeah, that's true. And the reason I believe that I know it's true is because I feel a real strong peace association with that. So, uh, so those are a couple of the methods and I talk about more of those in the book, but it, but basically what we're doing is focusing internal rather than external. Fantastic. And what, and what, in terms of your own meditation practice, what do you actually do? Well, I don't do all the things that everybody tells me I should do. <laughs> what what I, I don't, I don't sit a certain way and hold my hands a certain way and breathe a certain way and, you know, I don't do all that. What I do is I focus on, uh, on my belly, my, my navel, and I just kind of say, okay, let me go inside there. And my, I let my mind just focus on what's inside there and immediately I'm taken into a deeper place inside myself. So it's really, to me, it's all about focus and then just sitting with what you find. And sometimes, you know, you meditate and you don't find anything, but that's okay. You're, you're still there inside yourself. And uh, later, if you need information, you'll get it because everything you need is already inside of you. And you must have found as a result of, of, of this awareness that you've had come that you must be at more at peace with yourself as you live your daily life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And I, and like everyone else, I have periods of time where I go, oh, freak. You know, I just have to freak <laughs> out for a minute. And, uh, you know, then then I'm like, okay, okay, you're freaking here. Let's find out what this freak is about. And, and I go in and I listen to the freak and it tells me what it's got to say. And then I listen to all the little voices there. And then I can make a decision about what I'm going to do with freak. But you still allow yourself to freak. You still, you still feel that feeling and that, that sort of triggered uh, reaction that we have. Yes, yes, because if I don't, I won't get the information it has to give me. So really important for people to understand that you don't suppress those feelings that, that, that sometimes we've been taught as a, as a young child often that these are feelings we shouldn't, we shouldn't uh, play with or address, and, and so we have to actually let them come out, but then we spend some time actually resolving it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Andrew, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure spending this time with you today. It's been a wonderful show, and I really, I'm, I'm sure you've made our listeners really think, and, and, and I'm thinking along the same lines that you are, so, so I'm really, really happy, and I hope your show goes well today. Thanks so much for joining me. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure, Peter. So my guest next week is going to be a really interesting show, Dr. Abby, who he comes from a very long lineage of Sri Lankan healers, and he's going to be talking about the message that he has from his lineage and uh, the importance of it in our world today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Have a wonderful week as we come to the end of the fifth day of the Unity Consciousness calendar. And let's sit back and see what happens next. Have a a wonderful week. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.